He got lumpy and gross. <laughs> Just the way I like it. <laughs> That's what she likes. Lumpy mm. and gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Start this. Hello, folks. Welcome to the DP. Motherfucker, why'd I hit this? Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> First time. <laughs> Mindy wants us to have a new intro music. She feels our, ours doesn't have enough kick. Oh, yeah? And I told her, I was like, I don't want to pay for one. Yeah. And that was on a free website, like a website with free beats, and I only took the very beginning of it. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I mean... Most writer podcasts have some kind of weak-ass rock, and I don't want that. Yeah, no. I kind of... I mean, I like ours. I thought it was all right. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I just slip off everywhere. Just throw them all over the computer. Just work through it. <laughs> That's new. <laughs> I just bought that fuck. Hey there, writer people. This is the DPW Podcast. We have a great episode for you today, probably. I am your host, Caleb James. With me, as always, is Spencer of the Chilean Crossdresser Church. <laughs> How you doing there, Spencer? Yeah, I, figured right. that, I figured that fit because we were talking about crossdressers yeah, for a whole just, episode. Yeah, not I, long. I was just going to say, there's been a lot of common themes in some episodes. A lot of crossover, like... <laughs> crossover, crossdresser, yeah, it's... Okay, we have an episode about writing today? Uh, I guess. Like uh, actual we, writing? Like we, things that people do with the papers and the words? We probably should, I mean. We can only m- make fun of so many lists. Probably shouldn't make fun of any list. We probably shouldn't, it's but... rude. Has that stopped us yet? When we do those, it reminds me of the old days when we worked at Walmart, and we would sit in the back... At night and make fun of all the weirdos on the night shift and like they give us dirty looks and we were just very loud about it. Like that was a really really dick move on our part. Oh, dude, the oh, like the we probably made we so did. many people like feel bad. <laughs> I mean, if I was just trying to clock in for the night, my <laughs> shitty night shift, I wouldn't want some douchebags that were just sitting off to the side making fun of how we just, look. Dude, like we were all young. Oh to, yeah, like, you know, we, we were young punks. Yeah, we are. Like we knew some shit. Didn't know a goddamn thing. See some grizzled old ponytail <laughs> happen. We don't know what life that guy lived. That guy probably's gone through some shit. Yeah, right? he, that's why he ended up fucking stocking groceries he, at Walmart. He probably has some good stories. You should have been talking to that dude. We should have been writing back then. <laughs> Instead, we just lashed out at the world. <laughs> we don't do that anymore now, do we? <laughs> no. By the way, folks. We, when we started this podcast, we wanted to always introduce what we're drinking. Figured that'd be a good hook because, you know, it's the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. And we just don't, but we drink. Most of the time. Yeah. So, like, today, I'm drinking a Negroni, which is Campari. I forget the name of it. Ten-something gin, some kind of fancy gin. And uh, Sweet Vermouth. Spencer over here is drinking a French. See, I don't even I, know what the fuck that is. Uh, see, I see. I call this. I fit. Th- that's the only time. This is the first time we're doing this. Is because I'm drinking something called a French. <laughs> that's the only reason. If it wasn't for that, this thing wouldn't even been brought up. We would have been onto the topic already. Well, who told you to fucking drink a French? You offered a French. <laughs> don't, don't tell me what I offered. <laughs> I just. I made it an option. I didn't offer it. I didn't say, "Hey, Spencer, you should drink a French. I'll get you one." No. I made it an option. It was French or Appletini. 
I think I made the right decision by the taste of this. Yeah, but I literally have a gigantic, almost crumbling cupboard full of booze. You could have picked anything. I can't handle any of that right now. I figured as much. All right. Today's episode, which is off to a terrible start because we're probably going to get hammered drunk before it's <laughs> over. Three reasons why your work isn't getting out of the slush pile. I, I'm going to do what I did last episode and just make that real. Pile. Did you hear that? I, I couldn't get the echo to work. It was fucking up. So what I did was I just made it real deep. So it was just, no. I forget what we were saying. It was, uh, last episode was, uh, fiction that made us sick. So yeah. Like, made us sick. Nice. So that's what we're going to do this slush pile. Make it evil sounding. <laughs> the effects aren't too good on this program. <laughs> I need something else. And I don't want to fuck with the knobs on that thing. No. I don't want to fuck with the we get, we, effects knobs on the mixer. I might be able to not undo it. We got the, all the knobs right where we need them now. No need to mess with them. Yeah, I did not go to audio engineering school, if that's a thing. I don't I, know if it's called that, but I don't want to fuck with the knobs. <laughs> Act like a preacher at a strip club and leave the knobs alone. Leave them alone. Walk out. Be polite. Maybe drop a few dollars off. But that's it. Yeah. Don't get handsy. Don't get touchy. And if you're a preacher, you should never get touchy. <laughs> no. Not in this climate. Though, I bet most people would rather see their preacher get touchy with a stripper than most of the things that they've been known for doing. If I was in the Catholic Church and I saw my priest at the strip club, I'd be like, hey, all right, man. Yeah. Hey, good for you, buddy. You want to be Pope next? Like, yeah. You could be, I would take a fucking Pope. Why not? We got <laughs> Trump as the president. Like, we got a guy who's <laughs> possibly in trouble for getting rubbing ducks with Robert Kraft. So why not? Like, he's the leader of the free world. Why can't the Pope get, as long as he's not touching on little kids, fuck it. Do whatever you want. I don't care. It's a stupid rule anyway. You can't have a wife. Well, you're not looking at the article, but I am. And it says, go, right before okay. it's the first entry. Let's so go. I'm just going to go. I don't know why I put that in there. Oh, because right before the sentence says, let's go. I see what I did there. <laughs> that was back when I wrote articles, like like when I cared. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I'm going to write good articles. And then I was like, wait, I'm not getting paid for these ones, so I don't, I'm not going to write good articles anymore. <laughs> we should probably go back to writing articles. They did they did well. I just, it's a lot of work. I'd rather just write shit that I make up than have to actually look things, look into things. Uh, number three is you don't follow the publisher's guidelines. This is the easiest way to not get out of the slush pile because the digital slush pile, especially because if the fucking whoever's looking at your email or the submittable ad or how or the submittable program, whatever you use to submit your work, if you didn't follow their basic guidelines of, you know, double space your manuscript, yeah. put the, uh, you know, the subject or the, put the name of the entry into the subject or whatever, like you're going to get rejected immediately without them looking at it. Yeah, they're not, they're not even going to take the time to. Which is if it's a magazine that you're paying three, five, ten, twenty dollars to submit to. You're a fucking moron. Yeah. Like, just fo- just follow the guidelines. And not to shit on any of our fans, but I get a lot of submissions where I I don't want to reject people for doing that. But at the same time, like, I specifically say, follow these guidelines. And ours are pretty easy. Yeah. Ours are like, don't send us, you know, a short story over 5,000 words. Don't send us, uh, you know, things that are have erotic sex in it or, you know, overly gory. Make sure that you use, like, the proper subject in the email and have a cover letter. Like, just basic things that you're supposed to do. And even then, people will just, like, here's my story. My name's John. And then it's like, what the fuck, guy? It's like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to look at this now. Like, if you can't be professional in your email, why would I think your story's going to be any good? 
You could be a brilliant writer, but if you don't know how to fucking write an email, come on, nobody's gonna take you serious. Especially uh, when you get into like the the higher like echelons of like mag- magazines or websites or whatever whatever it is or um collections of things and stuff because if you can't do that stuff obviously you can't do the base it's like a you, job you, if you can't yeah. do the basic task you're, you're, you're not gonna get it you because you're gonna be shit doing anything else like why would we hire you to do this if you can't follow these simple instructions i wish more writers would submit their work the way they would turn in a job resume you're not gonna just be real lax on how you write your you know your resume for a job you're hoping to get yeah because you know the employer is going to read that and if it says you know all day stoner yeah. you're not getting the fucking job it's obvious so i don't know why i get emails where like their their name at the bottom like the little tag they have will be like jennifer gets baked and blazed every day or you know scooby wake and bake like why is that your fucking name on your email why is that your email for yeah. one your email name should you should have a professional author email if you're submitting to magazines, it's it seems like common sense, but a lot of people don't do it. Because if I'm submitting to the New Yorker, do you think they're really gonna take my you know my entry seriously? If my name is like Ramrod sixty nine cock yeah. lick or something? No, it's fucking stupid. Like that's the simplest one, but that's the biggest reason people don't get out of the slush pile is because I, would you even say they get to the slush pile? Probably not. Because no. you see a list of emails and you see the first five of them, they're not, they didn't follow the guidelines. Those just get rejected. They don't even get read. Yeah. Number two, your work doesn't start off with a bang. Now, this is an actual writing one. This doesn't have to do with your guidelines or anything. When you start a story, I mean, it's not mandatory. You can have the best story in the world, but if your first three paragraphs even are boring, like they don't hook the reader at all, who's going to read it? Yeah, especially... When you're starting out, every one thing, you know, one thing after you put maybe the work in and gained a little bit of an audience and stuff like that. Yeah, if you're like a Neil Gaiman or something, you maybe can get away with that now. Because they're like, oh, okay, well, eventually it's going to get there. Like, you know what I mean? But whenever you're some no-name or, you know, you know, people don't know you from Adam, like... yeah they're just taking a chance maybe you want to give them a reason to be like oh you gotta get them invested in your story yeah when you're submitting to magazines especially like you said when you're first starting out and you're unknown you want the if you can the first sentence to hook them at least the first paragraph first two paragraphs you need something that's going to catch their attention and they want to know what's going to happen that's why you know you read some stories where who was it Jim Butcher I think had a the Dresden Files I never yeah. read that but I think he yeah. starts it off with uh, so I was standing there in front of Walmart and it was burning down yeah. or like something like that yeah. like that's a fucking hook you know start off with a helicopter explosion don't come in with this slow burn and think people are going to be interested right away you have to come in with explosions you have to come in with I mean they don't have to be actual physical explosions but. You want to suck the reader in immediately, so you need some kind of good hook. For the most part, anything that you're going to be submitting is going to have like a, a, a certain length quality to it, anyways. You're going to only be, you know, you're going to only be able to do so many words. Yeah, you know, it's not like nobody's <laughs> taking open submissions on like novels. You no, know? no, that's not happening. So you're going to only have such amount of a finite space to tell your story too. So it's going to make yours not only 
will that help maybe get your stuff read? But it, if you follow that, it's going to make your story better, too. Mm-hmm. Well, what was the first line of the Dark Tower? The man, what was it? Something man fled across the desert and the man in black followed him or something. Yeah. It was something real simple, but it was something that hooked you because you wanted to know who the two guys were. What was happening? Why was he following them? And, uh, the gunslinger. Yeah. So like, if you can get a good hook, even if the rest of your, like the middle part of your story isn't necessarily like real solid, if you can get the, whoever's reading invested early on, they'll want to find out what the conclusion is. I always think a good way to do that is start off your story. To use an easy example, say a guy goes to the supermarket to buy fruit. The starting of the story, he doesn't have fruit, so what's the opposite conclusion? He gets fruit, but how does he get to the fruit? You know, how does he, what happens between then? So you can start off, maybe he gets in a car accident, yeah, and then you have a whole series of events, and then maybe you end it with him getting the fruit one way or another, and everything in between your story, like that unexpected start. That's what gets people interested. Yeah, number one, you need to learn to accept feedback. Now we talk about critiques and stuff a lot. But this one has more to do with editor critiques or whoever you're submitting to. Because it's easy to dismiss the critiques of fellow writers or your audience even. But if you're submitting to a magazine and the editor or whoever read your work actually gives you feedback. Because that's rare. They read so many stories at most magazines that you're not getting real feedback. Even if they say something... They might give you really basic feedback, like, hey, too long or boring. They don't give you details. But if they actually give you details, you need to not only accept that, don't take it as a personal attack, but you need to try to learn from that and say, hey, this guy might have a point because he actually took the time to write this. He didn't have to. And I feel like a lot of people just don't want to do that. I even had people I've give um, constructive feedback to and... They kind of dismissed it out of the bag, and then when they submitted to different other magazines, they end up coming back. I, can you help me? I don't understand why this story isn't getting accepted at other places. And I told them it's for why I told you. Yeah. You know the way, like certain, um, like certain ways you're structuring your sentences, or the way you're telling certain parts of the story, or your pacing's too slow, or different things like that. They always take it as you're insulting them. But if you want to be a pro, you kind of have to get a thick skin. Yeah. You need that information. It's important information to have. You have to equate it as as growth and an experience. And um, as you were saying, like as for if you let you know some of your fellow authors or you know your family members or people read it, and they might have something to be like, oh well, they don't they don't know what they're talking about. They don't. But it's uh, easy to dismiss somebody's opinion when yeah. they're not a writer too. Yeah. And. When, but if an editor does that, you would be smart to at least hear it out because they've probably read thousands, thousands of, you know, books and stuff. And as you said, like a lot of time in those scenarios, they don't have, they, they don't have to write you back. They don't have to give you any kind of, you know, information. But and if they do, you really need to, you know, take that, that yes, it needs work. But that they liked it enough that they wanted to see you do it, but you know, to to get it to get it there, like you know. Yeah, they actually there. want to. They're actually care enough that they want you uh, to do well. 
Like it's, if an editor gives you feedback, instead of taking that as, you know, con- criticism against your work, take it as, wait a minute, this guy or woman, not only did they care enough about the work that they gave me feedback, but they actually must think that it can go somewhere because why else would they give you feedback? Because if something's just truly terrible or a writer's bad, they're not going to bother. Yeah. What's the point? It's just a waste of their time. There's a lot of writers who are on the precipice of climbing that last little ledge to get over the hump and then they're, you know, they can succeed. And sometimes you just need that little, like, you need just need to know what to tighten up. Even, like, with my own writing, like, we were talking about that uh, editor program I found. I, like, it found some things that I was routinely messing up in my writing that I didn't know about, like certain comma rules that I was uh, screwing up that I thought were right, and it turns out they're wrong, um, and just like different things like that, just like stupid things, but those are the things that like an editor will read, and they'll go, well, you know, this, this is all right, but, you know, his commas are fucked up, or his punctuation isn't, you know, on, on fleek there. <laughs> 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 Gotta step it up. And as a writer, I don't really understand people that get upset about critiques anyway, because, like, for me, personally, I always want to improve. Yeah. Like, whenever I'm doing writing, like, if you told me, like, I sent you something, you're like, dude, this fucking sucks. Here's the reasons why. I'm not going to be pissed, like, what the fuck does he know? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to be like, oh, well, maybe he has a point. I'm going to check it out, see how I can fix it, send it back, and then you'll be like, yeah, all right, that's a lot better. Yeah. It's the way to do it. That's And, like, that's what I think, like, we're lucky with, like, the two of us that... Uh, anytime that we are done with anything or have, you know, questions or you can't, you know, are stuck somewhere that we're able to just bounce things off of each other or we'll help each other, you mm-hmm. know, and that's what, like, the people who you would have, like, you would give advice to and they would just ignore and I'm just sitting here thinking, like, those fucking idiots because, like... <laughs> They like I've got some like great awesome advice for me. Like I know that you've made stories of mine better. Like you know, well as the editor, that's what you want to do. You don't want to make the story your own because it's not your story. You just want it to be the best it can be. Like if I read something of yours, like a lot of times, like we were talking about that um that one story that I'm editing for you now. Like the ending of it, I gave you a suggestion yeah. a couple episodes back on like just a couple sentences that would act like spice up that ending just yeah. enough that I think it would make it a little more satisfactory like to the reader mm. just like simple things like that you don't even have to change the story necessarily just maybe spot out something the writer missed and that's easy to do as the writer is the miss things because you're so focused on what you're doing sometimes you miss the obvious yeah you're too close yeah I know a lot of times like what I do with my stories is I'll wait a month before I go back at like the longer ones yeah sometimes even longer than a month I wait until I don't remember what I wrote. No. And then when I go back, it's almost like I'm reading a fresh story. And I go, hey, why the fuck did I set this up this way? That's mm. stupid. I, I, it would be a lot. It would read a lot better it's, if I had it this way. It's like I had no idea what I was thinking. Yeah. It's like sometimes you... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're going to take a brief hiatus because somebody just came in the door. And we're black. We had an interruption. Sorry, dog and some people and ma- the instant male strippers were the wrong mm, species. Mm, 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 mm. We want interspecies erotica. We didn't get it. Mm. Speaking of Kevin Smith, 
How do you feel about the new Jay and Silent Bob reboot? I'm completely fine with it. I'm on board with it, but I was reading the comments on one of his Instagram posts, and because it's a reboot, he says it's the same story, pretty much? Yeah, yeah, he's been way upfront about that. Some people were giving him shit, because the last picture he posted was uh, a bunch of girls of, like, different races and yeah. genders, or not genders, obviously, but different races. His own fans were shitting on him about forced diversity, and he was like, no, we're upfront about it. We got everybody. And I was like, I don't see what's wrong with that. Yeah. He's like, okay, because for those who don't know or don't remember, Jane, Simon, Bob strike back. They struck back. They struck They found out that the comic book characters that were based upon them got sold into movie rights. They didn't want the movie to be made about them, so they hitchhiked all the way from Jersey to, to L.A. to stop them from making the movie. Jane Silent Bob reboot. Jane Silent Jane Silent Bob find out that they're rebooting the Blunt Man and Chronic movies. So they do the same so thing. That's great. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I like the way I like the way he did that. I'm I'm completely down for it. I don't know why people shit on Kevin Smith so much. His movies are a specific demographic. So why are you watching it if you don't like stoner films? I don't know. I mean, he has some that aren't stoner films, but for the most part, that's kind of like they're not necessarily stoner films, but you know. It's the direction they lean towards, and I'm yeah. fine with that. I like them. Yeah, I mean, and they're good, fun movies, and I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm definitely super excited for it because there hasn't been a Cloaks three yet because the one guy, one of the guys who played the Cloaks, wanted didn't something with being getting paid from Cloaks two. I think it was Randall. Yeah, but like, um, something about like not getting paid enough, or didn't get paid what he should have got paid or something. So. He didn't want to do th- two, three, do three until he eventually got paid by two. And you know, Harvey Weinstein wasn't gonna ever do that. Yeah. So now that he, what I'm hoping is, now with him being fucking like gone, maybe they could do that. This now. could open up a chance to, you know. So that, I was, just I know a- that's fucked up from everything that yeah. that caused, but I was kind of like, ooh, silver lining. Yeah, there you go. I was a little disappointed that the uh, Mall Rats 2 didn't come to fruition. Yeah. It was gonna... Yeah, because it was gonna... Well, it was another one of those things that I guess the Mall Rats is, like, owned by Universal. <laughs> that sucks. I guess they have the rights, so... And, like, mm-hmm. they are, like, known for never, like, giving out anything in their catalog, but... You know, it's too bad Kevin Smith doesn't own the rights to all his yeah. movies. You know, well, that's Jay and Silent Bob are the those characters are the only things that he yeah. owns, so that's why he's able to been do to do this. This act, you know, makes some money. You know, maybe that'd be like, oh, well, yeah, he's you know, he you know, he doesn't, he's a you know, a box breaker, box office breaker. It's not like his movies are expensive to make. Yeah, it's not killing the studio to make them. Just a little segue there. The Captain Marvel intro is about Stan Lee, and they apparently give Kevin Smith a shout-out in it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because, you know, he, Stan Lee and Mallrats, yeah. I guess they go into that. What the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? It sounds so gross. Ketchup. It's all this spl- ketchup. Sure, sure, it's ketchup. Did you need a gallon of ketchup? <laughs> she just kept squeezing it and squeezing it. Went into the living room. At least she took the dog with her. That's why we can't have nice things. Oh, there we go. Go ahead. Jingle it all around. Up the dip. Knock over my mic, please. (laughs) Maybe break my computer. That wasn't expensive at all. So we were talking about the slush pile, and that's kind of done, right? I I mean, yeah, I think (laughs) we we got interrupted, but I think we covered everything with that. 
Do follow the rules and guidelines for submission. Yeah, don't be a dick. Follow the guidelines. Don't be stupid. Give yourself some kind of hook or or thing that makes your story pop and will grab their attention and make them read the whole thing without just throwing it, you know. To double back on that point real quick, I think it's a good idea to try to get, um, if you can, because not all magazines require, but some have a cover letter. Or they at least want a bio. They have different rules for different magazines. But if you can kind of describe yourself a little bit, if you can make that pop, make yourself a little more interesting sounding, make it a writer yeah. they would want to promote, that that goes a long way too. Because if your cover letter is boring, granted, I don't know how – I read cover letters, but I don't know how most editors do it. Maybe yeah. they kind of read it. I'm not sure. But if you can come across as, you know, witty, funny, but also serious and professional, that could take you a long way, too. And they'll be like, well, this guy, you know, knows what he's doing. Let's get into their work. They might give you that might give you a little better shot and anything to give you a better shot's worth trying. Yeah. And then the last one was uh, take positive feedback, negative feedback. Just take it. Take that feedback. Take that feedback. Put it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Like, did he take that, take that, take that? Was that back in the 90s? Take that, take that, take that. I think that's what he said. I don't fucking, I hate him. I don't know why. You know what's weird? I don't like Diddy at all. One, because of all his stupid names. Yeah. Because now, I don't know if you saw it now, he wants to be called Love. He won't, he won't go, he won't uh, respond to anything, but if you call, like, call him Love. But everything I've seen him in, he was kind of delightful. Like, getting with the Greek. Yeah. He's good in that. He was on Always Sunny. He was good in that. He was, uh, he was in Monster, I think. No, Monster's yeah. Ball. Yeah, Monster, he was in Monster's yeah. Ball. That was good. I mean, I watched that movie for other, <laughs> other reasons, but that was a pretty good movie. Yeah, that was a good whole movie. The whole thing. <laughs> we'll say a little bit more Billy Bob Thornton ass than I wanted to see. Like, I feel, I feel like they focus on the wrong ass on some of those some of the scenes in that movie. I don't know if you got that or not. You're lucky that's all you got to see. I would have been really excited maybe this is just me but i would have been really excited if he when him and Halle berry had that really raunchy definitely overly graphic sex scene if he just did the sling blade voice the whole time <laughs> that would have been awesome i think he would have got another oscar for that mm, french fried potatoes mm-hmm. He had to do that during an outtake. Yeah. <laughs> that has to be on film somewhere. Some people call it a pussy. I call it a vagina. Mm, yeah. I call it a muff pie. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Some people call it a pussy. I call it a muff pie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like to use them there rubbers to chafe. What my mama always said, go raw or go home. Yes. All that. I like to use my thumbs and dig deep in that well. I like to rub your sugar walls, girl. I can go on for hours if you want. I kind of do. I kind of do. I calls the cops up after it's over. Yes, I like to report a murder. I split her pussy clean in two. <laughs> Is that gross? No. I don't know if that's misogynistic nowadays. But I don't mean that to be in, against women in any way. That's just, it definitely is, but... <laughs> it's just the way that, that, that came out. 
Oh, Lordy. Oh, oh. man. Shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> that just, Especially on an episode that's supposed to be just about writing. That just needs to be the, like the cold open. <laughs> you need to cold. take that out and just that's what opens it. It's just the cold open. <laughs> just <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton sling blade fucking. We're just, it starts out with, man, I thought I saw a little too much Billy Bob Thornton ass and just go from there. <laughs> it always goes down the bat slippery slope. I would like to change the subject only slightly. <laughs> okay. What happened to Halle Berry, man? She was she was a good actress at one point. Yeah. And then she kind of did Catwoman, and I don't remember if she did anything good after that. I'm yeah. not saying Catwoman was good. That was god-awful. I'm saying that was her downfall, kind of. Yeah, because even after that, like, she stopped, like, being used as much in, like, the X-Men movies, and... Her acting in the X-Men movies was shitty, though. Oh, yeah. But, well, I think it was more to do with her lines and the actual X-Men movies, but... I mean, her actual acting. <clears throat> But yeah, I always liked Halle Berry. I thought she was delightful. But she's a very pretty lady. That's the thing. Yeah. And just seeing her getting it raw by Billy Bob Thornton, that kind of stung. Like, out of everybody. Because I just picture, like, him fucking the big the big lady in the butt in uh, Bad Santa. And I just picture, like, oh, poor Halle Berry. Even though it's both acting, it's not real. But you just see, like, oh, this guy's slamming that and a dirty prostitute. And now he's doing Halle Berry. That's not fair. That seems kind of gross if you look back on it. I didn't know she had butt cheek tattoos. Yeah. Yeah, that was... But he didn't have butt cheek tattoos. <laughs> That's the surprising thing, really. Yeah. There's a couple scenes in movies that I found a little disturbing. Like, I don't know if you ever saw Black Snake Moan. Yeah. That was... Oh, uh, yeah. There would be time when I was watching that, I'm just like, I don't know. What, what am I watching right now? I feel like I'm watching something dirty. <laughs> then she... Yeah, she, like, did that young kid. Yeah. That was weird. She... What was I don't remember the plot of that movie. Was she just like some kind of? Uh, she was just a nympho. Yeah, like. she was a nymphomaniac, I guess, and he and tied Samuel, her up. And Samuel Jackson. He was so grizzled in that too. <laughs> By the way, can we give a spoiler for Captain America or Captain Marvel? I, I don't know. About how Nick, Nick Fury loses his eye. No, they how, show how he loses his eye. Oh, I didn't see that. What, what is? You it? want me to tell you? Sure. Cat scratches it out. That was one of the uh, uh, rumors because I thought maybe the cat was a. Um, Apparently, his he was just like ow, and like that was the end of it. Like what a shitty, like he, come on, give him a better shoot him in the eye, get a harpoon in the eye, have him like get punched by Thanos, something cool. Like well, I guess that wouldn't make sense, but you know, so just something, the cat scratch, wow, cat scratch fever. I hope I hope I just read it, so hopefully that's wrong, but I don't think it is. I think that's the truth. Was the cat a scroll though? That's what the rumor I think was. I'm not really interested in seeing that movie because I'd never read Captain Marvel. Me neither. And I wasn't I don't know, I wasn't really interested in the character. <clears throat> and from what I understand, they kinda make her like a Superman power level. Yeah, oh yeah. I don't like that. That, that, that kinda seems shitty because Hulk wasn't even as strong as he should be. Well she's supposed to be the one that whoops his Thanos' ass, apparently. But nobody likes that. They, if she was from the beginning, but you can't introduce her a month before the other movie and then just have her save the day. That's stupid. I hope they have more sense than that. I mean, if it comes to pass, I don't really care at this point. I just want to see Professor Hulk. <laughs> That's all I care about. Yeah, that would be... Uh, see a smart Hulk, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. I just want to see them get their hands on the... Uh, 
you know, the, on the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, like, even not even so much the X-Men, because what do you say about those, whatever you say about some of those Fox films, some of those were pretty good, but there hasn't been a good Fantastic Four movie. They were all terrible. And it's 2019. There gotta be a goddamn good Fantastic Four movie. There's no reason for it. I would have really loved it if they could bring Fantastic Four into the Avengers universe, like into the end game. Somehow, even just to camp, because they own the rights now, right? They could do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's what uh, <laughs> people think a lot of after Endgame is going to be now, is like trying to work those uh, properties in now. Well, what's the story going around about Marvel having uh, Avengers versus uh, X-Men? Maybe, I mean... That's a cool story, but who are they going to have as the X-Men? Are they going to use the Fox's X-Men, or are they just going to read... Because they're doing a fucking new X-Men movie right now. It's yeah. coming out. Well, they've already said that they're going to recast Wolverine. Sucks. So, I mean, I'd imagine they'll probably just recast throughout the board, throughout the whole thing. What happens to Deadpool, then? Deadpool, they'll probably keep. I'm all right with that. They have to keep him, but does he doesn't fit with Marvel. Well, no, because... Or Disney, rather. Because, uh, just because uh, Disney bought Fox doesn't necessarily mean that the Fox... Can't make the movie still. Yeah, like, they're just, like, they'll keep Fox, and that's where they put all their adult properties at. That's a good idea. Because you feel like, because you got the Predator movies done now, right? Or the Alien movies now? I don't fucking Fox. know. So, like, you know, and they had already, with owning other stuff, they have, like, adult, like, themed, like, maybe now they could do, like, a Punisher movie and have it go out by Fox, like, you know... And it could be a little bit more... I'm interested to see if they do, like, a Punisher, Daredevil, any of those movies. Will they use the TV actors, or are they going to recast? They're thinking that that all of that stuff is maybe going to eventually get shifted to Hulu. And they're going to keep the shows going? Because, like... Because I didn't know this. I guess Hulu is... Ba- Hulu I thought is it was basically- going to Disney+. Plus. Well, they're not going to have anything above, like, PG-13 on Disney+. Plus. Uh... Yeah. Because I guess Hulu is like, is like owned by like different. It's probably owned by different studios. I don't want to pay for Hulu. Disney already owns like a big majority of Hulu, <laughs> and now that they bought Fox, now they have like sixty percent of Hulu. They they will own. So like that's where they can kind of take like the Daredevils, like the you know, and all those Netflix shows. And put them there and keep them with the more, like, adult-themed kind of stories. But it, I think they would have to wait, like, two years, I think. Yeah, that's why they canceled everything and they're just going to hold them off. Put them on hiatus, I guess. That kind of sucks. I don't want to wait. Well, I don't know. I didn't even watch the last couple seasons of the, like, Daredevil and yeah. Punisher. I didn't watch any of the Punisher. I'm trying to think of movies. I still got to see Glass. I didn't watch that yet. Yeah, I haven't seen Glass. There's a bunch of movies I haven't caught up on. I still haven't seen Ant- the last Ant-Man movie. I mean, if you like the first one, you'll like this one. It's it's more of the same. The ants in it? Ants. Lots of ants. Big ants. Big ants? Little ants? Medium ants. 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 <laughs> well, we managed to fluff this episode out. Hey. You know. Some Billy Bob Thornton talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking poor Billy Bob. He's a pretty good actor. Yeah, yes, he is. But he just went, like, the hard grizzled route. I don't know. Did you ever see Bad Santa 2? No. It's fucking great also. It's just disgusting. He's so f- fucking gross. Oh, uh, well. well. We'll talk about that in another episode. 
We should start ending the episodes like Joe Rogan does, just really fast and abrupt. No, bye, bye, folks. Like, how is Jamie just sitting there like flashing a sign, like the old movie studios where it's like you're running, like when you're doing a stand-up gig, and it's like, hey, your your time's up. Because like it's weird, he'll just be talking to like, all right, well that was great. Well, you want to promote anything? Okay, see you later. Mm -hmm. Bye, folks. Thank you for listening, you lovely folks and writing people. Whatever, man. I don't know. I, I just I just show up. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. French fried potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Mm. <laughs>